Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Cognitive Recalibration Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Shravan. We've got Tyron here with us. Hey, everyone. Back in lockdown, but still producing podcasts. That's what we're here for. We're here for your entertainment. Still kicking along. Yes. So today, we're going to do something a little bit different because Raya and the Last Dragon is coming out. Is it Raya or Raya? I think it's Raya. Raya. Raya, Raya. Is it R-E-A-Y or R-E-Y-A or R-A-Y-A? R-A-Y-A. Raya? Raya. Raya, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Do you know it has, what's that girl's Kelly name? Berry Tran. Yeah, it's got her and, and Aquafina as well. It's good that she's getting some work. You mean Kelly Berry Tran? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she got a lot of hate Star Wars. Unnecessary hate. But anyway, we, we thought we'd revisit. That's a Disney animation. That's the latest Disney animation that's coming out. So we thought we'd actually start a segment that's going to probably go for many, many years on our podcast. But basically, we're going to do a tier list for Disney movies and we're going to do it by each era. So I think there's roughly seven eras that they split. And this is like unofficial. No one's, it's not a Disney thing. But basically, there's seven eras in, in Disney in terms of Disney animation movies. So this is not Pixar. This is just the Disney, uh, just the base Disney movies. So it's there's the Golden Age. There's the Wartime Era. Then after that, there's the Silver Age. Then the Bronze Age. Then the Disney Renaissance, which a lot of people that maybe listen to this, this podcast would have started watching Disney around the Disney Renaissance. So this is like Aladdin, Lion King, Little Mermaid, all of those movies, so 90s movies. And then after the Renaissance, there's the post-Renaissance era, which is like the 2000s, early like 2000s to 2010. And then after that, there's the revival era, which is from 2010 onwards. So we're going to go through every single Disney movie that's been made, Disney animation movie, and that's quite a, quite a lot of movies. But we're going to start with the Golden Age today. So the Golden Age was between 1937 and 1942. 
this is called the Golden Age because that's when they started. These are the first movies that Walt Disney feature films that Walt Disney ever made. But they're not really golden because they're basically when they came out, they didn't really make money. The the first five movies that came out, and these are classified under Golden Age: are Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, Pinocchio, Fantasia, Dumbo, and Bambi. So Snow White made money, and Dumbo made money when they came out, but the other three did not make money. They spent more than they made in their initial releases. Obviously, they've had re-releases over the years, and they've eventually made back their money, but when they initially came out, they were loss-making ventures. Another thing is most Disney movies, when you think of Disney movies, what do you think of? Upbeat, sort of kids-friendly movies, right? Generally, that's the, the vibe you get from most of them anyway. These movies are not really like that. So I've recently gone through and watched, I've seen Snow White many times. So I didn't rewatch Snow White, but I watched Pinocchio, Fantasia, and Bambi. And they're pretty dark <laughs> and just a bit sad in general. I wouldn't call them upbeat movies. And there's a lot of dark imagery and stuff as well. The Golden Age is often called, uh, I think it's called Sugar and Tar because it goes from an upbeat scene to a very dark and sad or depressing scene. So you see that in like Bambi and Snow White and Pinocchio and everything. Another thing is these movies, when they did come out, they actually scared a lot of the children that watch these movies. Uh, And I've got some facts about that later. But there are scary moments in basically all of these movies. And I know that you don't particularly like these movies. No, I do not. (laughs) Mostly because they're boring as hell. (laughs) I think they're a product of their time, really. Well, you have to realise that these movies are, like, really old. No, they're (laughs) they're very old, yeah. Yeah. But just because something's old, I'm not going to like it if it's shit. (laughs) I think there's still a a little bit of charm to them, but I think the key thing with all these movies is there really isn't much of a story. So Snow White, you could summarise a story in, like, two sentences, but somehow they you know, drag it out to over an hour. Same with Dumbo, same with uh, Bambi as well. Uh, there's really not much of a story. And then Fantasia, we'll get Fantasia's to Fantasia. Fantasia's just a yeah. fucking... Yeah. <laughs> we'll get to Fantasia, but that's a, that's a different thing altogether. But anyway, we'll start with Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. And I guess the tier list, what are our tiers? It's trash. That's all we need for this fight. <laughs> uh, I think it's... Don't need the other ones. <laughs> trash, May, okay, good, and God, right? To be honest, I would probably put... I could put Snow White in there. Okay. And the rest in trash. Maybe. Well, we'll get to them, won't we? Yeah, we'll get to them. We'll get to them. Yeah. Okay, so we'll start with Snow White. But for Snow White, I could, put, I could put Snow White in there. Okay. It's got decent stuff in it, I guess. I wouldn't watch it again. I, I never want to watch it again. But I have seen it, and it was enjoyable. A bit about Snow White. So it came out on the 21st of December, 1937. That's a long time ago. The runtime's 83 minutes. Budget-wise, it was a hun- uh, 1.49 million back in those days. So if you convert that to present-day numbers, into, like adjust for inflation, it's about 27 million. And then box office-wise, so over all the years, all the re-releases, everything, it's made about 418 million. And when you adjust that for inflation, it's over a billion. So it's obviously... Over time, it's become a very profitable and money-making movie for for Disney. In terms of Rotten Tomatoes, because I went through and looked at what 
you know, what the critical ratings on each of these are. What, what do you think Snow White has? Rotten Tomatoes. I, I would say it's probably too high. I would say it's too high for what it is. Okay. So you're, you're thinking like over 90. Uh, I would say it's fresh. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's easily fresh and it's um it's actually one of the highest rated. So it's 98% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. It's too good for what it is because critics just, they love stuff that's old and- this movie's not it's not good. It's if you compare it to what recent stuff is, it's really not good. But because it's the first animated movie, I guess they have that nostalgia to it. Yeah. And I guess it it has I think you can you can appreciate it from an animation standpoint because just cause when you think about when this came out and how it still looks, it still looks pretty good. Like it's it's a hand drawn animation and there's like a certain charm. To it, and I guess the dwarves and stuff in this are pretty. There is some interesting. I wouldn't say interesting. There's there's parts that are that that are okay with the dwarves in this. The Snow White stuff is not that you know that interesting because the, the overall story is not that interesting. But there's some stuff with the dwarves which is not bad, and the animation's pretty pretty good. It still holds up. Apparently, at that point in time, it was the highest grossing film ever. In 1937. So Gone with the Wind hadn't yet come out. So it was the highest grossing film ever. It won one Academy Award. So it was, it's not like a award that exists now. So it's an honorary award for significant screening innovation. And apparently they presented this to Walt Disney and it was one normal Oscar and like seven small Oscars for like the dwarves. So you got like a custom made Oscar. Oh, okay. And when he received the award, and I think this was back when they didn't have time limits for speeches, so he could talk as long as he wanted. So apparently he talked for 25 minutes and most of that was devoted to promoting his next movie, which was Pinocchio. (laughs) Apparently the film received a standing ovation when it first released. Uh, A lot of people thought this would be a failure because they they just didn't think that a full-length animated movie was something that could make money or would that something that would be good uh, because at that stage the only animated stuff was like shorts that Disney made which were just like you know short jokes with like Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck and stuff so they, they didn't think this would be successful but obviously they were left breathless by the end of it i mean there's a lot of different stuff apparently it was on like the cover of time magazine so it was it was like a really big deal back in 1937 Variety back in those days reported that Snow White had a remarkably long box office run at the theaters in Sydney. So apparently it ran for like a year or something. In They loved it here. <laughs> in here. And it, it was the same in most places. So it was a, a raging box office success, Snow White. It had multiple re-releases subsequently. So it re-released in 1944. At that stage, Disney were losing money because the movies they made after this didn't really make much. And also because of World War II, so not really anyone was watching movies. So they needed to recoup some money and they re-released it in 1944. And then after that, they re-released it every 10 years, so uh, approximately every 10 years. So it was like 1952, 1958, 67, 75, 83, 87, and 1993. Then in 1993, they eventually released it to VHS. But basically, it's still, when you adjust for uh, inflation, it's still the highest-grossing animated film of all time. Cool. Does it deserve any of those accolades? Oh, and one more thing. So uh, all of these five movies, uh, 
it is someone's favorite movie, like a famous person's favorite movie. So this movie, and in, it's a infamous person. It's Adolf Hitler's favorite movie. Yeah, that that makes it even worse. <laughs> Apparently, it's uh, along with King Kong, 1933's King Kong, and Sun Valley Serenade of 1941. Along with those movies, this one is Adolf Hitler's favorite film. I mean, I got other bits of trivia, but basically, I mean, there's a this movie was the first for a lot of things. It was a technical achievement, so they did a lot of a lot of things with this movie, and it kind of paved the way for Disney going forward. I mean, they had stuff in between, which we'll talk talk about in other episodes where they weren't doing as well, but now they're basically too big to fail, I guess, because they've got all this other stuff, and it kind of all started with this this movie. Apparently, the film was going to include three assassination attempts, so the Queen was going to try to kill Snow White uh, multiple times. She only ends up killing her the first time she tries, she basically kills her, so she gives her the apple, but there were going to be there's going to be a poison comb. And like a dress that suffocates her as well, which they didn't uh, include because it was too late in the production and they couldn't get the animation done. So that's that. And I guess this started the trend that Disney makes fairy tales as well because they're still doing that. Yes. So I would give it a, just based on everything that it's achieved and it's still got a certain charm to it. So I'd probably put it in good. I think you can't put a movie in good because it achieved something. It's how good the movie is. Would you watch the movie? Yeah, I'd watch it. I mean, I did watch it, so I've watched it many times. So I think I would put it in good. Yeah. Uh, well, I just don't think it's that good of a movie. It's very, it's not that good for me, at least, and I find it quite boring. The part which I was saying was scary was the part where the queen transforms into the old lady. A dragon or whatever. The old lady. Oh, yeah. the old lady. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So that part is, um, even now, it's like a bit creepy. You know I'm not a fan of these movies though. So I, look, if if I, wa- if I wanted to, I'd put them all in trash. <laughs> yes. <so. laughs> I, okay. I think we can agree that it's sort of like low, good, meh level, right? So, oh, you're saying meh, so there's okay in between, actually. So maybe we'll, yeah, we'll go in between I think it's and go, meh. go chuck it in okay. Okay, fine. Yeah. yeah. I, I I don't like that, but I guess that's where it's going. <laughs> well, that's These a, next months better go and trash them. <laughs> there's a midpoint between uh, between our two. That's the, thing, but that's the thing, though. If you put this in good and then we get to some of the newer movies and you go, okay, let's go Frozen or something, and you're like, Oh, that's good. Yeah. So you're saying Frozen is as good as this. I think so. Is basically what happens. I think so. I think, I think, um, well, Frozen. So you would watch Frozen and you would watch this over Frozen or you would watch them both equally? Uh, Frozen might not be a good example, but maybe something like, what's another movie that they've done? Like a Hercules or something. It's probably better than Hercules, to be honest. I'd probably watch it over Hercules. Well, Hercules is not that good anyway, so... I mean, it's. I, I think it's. I think it's good. I'd. I'd watch it. I wouldn't. It's not something I'd revisit all the time, but it's. It's not that bad. All right, it's going to okay. Yeah. it's going to okay. All right, Pinocchio was the next movie that came out, February seventh, nineteen forty. Runtime of eighty-eight minutes. Budget of two point six million. Converted to today's numbers, that's forty-nine million. So it's a big budget, and uh, box office wise, over the. All the 
re-releases and everything, it's made 164 million. And when once you adjust that for inflation, it's close to 600 million that it's made. Rotten Tomatoes, how much do you think this has? Too high. Whatever it is, it's too high. Well, it's as high as you can be. So it's 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. And it won two Academy Awards. So for original song and original score. Original song being the song, well, the, the music that we hear before every Disney movie, uh, When You Wish Upon a Star. So that's their theme now, Disney's theme. So that's uh, that's the song from this movie. That's where it started. Pinocchio was intended to be Disney's third movie, actually. Uh, Bambi was meant to be their second, but Bambi got delayed quite a bit. They had difficulties animating animals for Bambi. This was also re-released many times, so it was released like once every 10 years as well. When this did come out, it didn't actually make much money because firstly, it was the war, so not many people were watching it, and it was darker than Snow White. Probably wasn't the tone that people were expecting this movie to be. So overall in this movie, I watched this yesterday, so overall, what you get from it is there's a lot of horrible people in the world because everyone that Pinocchio meets is a horrible person, <laughs> except except for the, the his creator, so his father. And uh, Gemini Cricket, everyone else is horrible in this movie. And he learns a lot of hard lessons, I guess, throughout this film. This one I'd put below Snow White, personally. It's, again, there's some like dark imagery and potentially scary scenes in this because there's children turning into donkeys at one stage. Freaky imagery because they show it in like a shadow and it's, yeah, it's, it's a bit weird. It's been so long since I've seen this. I... Don't even know if I can rank it. I can't remember if it was good or not. I'll go based off your ranking on this one. <laughs> I, I definitely know it's not better than good, though. No, I'd put it in sort of low, okay, high, may range. It feels a bit long, but it's not actually that long a movie. And the best part is the animation. So the animation looks good. And they you can see that they've gone a step ahead of Snow White in this one. So it looks better than what they had in Snow White. Apart from that, I mean, it's. I would I would probably put it in Mare because just because it's it's a bit sad, and it's not something that you'd want to revisit that often. And they're they're actually remaking it now, so we'll see what they do with it. So it's a bit of a sad movie. Put it in Mare, I guess. Yeah, it's not trash because there's it's it's just something you probably wouldn't watch, but you're not gonna like hate yourself while you're watching it. It's just okay. It is one of the favorite uh, favorite films of director Terry Gilliam, or Gilliam, sorry. Uh, so he's best known for Monty Python. He was part of the Monty Python crew, so it's it's his favorite film. Fair enough. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry, and some well less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs. United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Next movie to release was Fantasia, released in the same year, 1940. Runtime, this is criminally long runtime for this movie, 126 minutes. So it's actually still the longest animated movie from Disney. Well, this is uh, this is not even a movie. Like I feel like it's just a acid trip <laughs> from some bloke. It's it's hardly a movie. It's like an orchestral theme and then there's a little story in the middle. <laughs> the way Disney described it was it's an orchestrated music experience. So it's like you're going to you're going to the watch opera. Yeah, like you're going to listen to an orchestra and there's just some Artwork that accompanies that. Yeah, there's no story. It's just, yeah, it's just colours and an acid trip, basically. <laughs> this was a, a pretty big budget movie again. So it's 2.28 million converted to today's numbers is 43 million. And box office wise, it, again, it wasn't a success when it came out, but over the years it's made money. So overall, when you convert it back to today's numbers, it's made about 750 million. Rotten Tomatoes wise, higher than definitely higher than I expected. Um, even even for this era, it's ninety five percent, which is quite high considering this is barely even a movie. And it won one Academy Award. So we're just giving him out back then. So it won another honorary award uh, for outstanding contribution to music and sound. So this this was the first movie that used a technology called Fanta Sound. Uh, which was like the first surround sound system. So it was an innovator in that sense. The reason this movie even came about was, so in 1936, so this was before Snow White even came out, uh, Walt Disney felt that the Disney Studios character, uh, Mickey Mouse, the star character, needed a boost in popularity. So he wanted to do a, like a short with Mickey Mouse based off The Sorcerer's Apprentice. And they started making this, but then... It started getting too expensive, the short itself. So then they're like, well, we need to get money back for this. So let's put it into a series of shorts and make a movie out of that. And we'll put an orchestra behind it. So it will be like a musical experience. So that's how this movie came about. Interesting thing is, so I started watching this on Disney+. And before the movie starts, there's advisory thing that comes up, advisory... Uh, description and basically it says this program includes negative depictions and or mistreatment of people or cultures 
These stereotypes were wrong then and are wrong now. Rather than remove this content, we wanted to acknowledge its harmful impact, learn from it, and spark conversation to create a more inclusive future together. Disney is committed to creating stories with inspirational and aspirational themes that reflect the rich diversity of the human experience around the globe. To learn more about how stories have impacted society, please visit the Disney website. I think there are some like racist depictions and stuff in this movie, but to be honest, I wasn't paying that much attention because it's hard to stay uh, watching this movie because it's basically just music and there's like random abstract stuff happening on the screen like it's it's really not even a movie uh, there's seven segments in it and a lot of the music is music that you've popular classical music that we've heard before at some stage so the most popular segment is the sorcerer's apprentice segment one that most people would have at least seen some of and that's with mickey mouse and how he uh makes the broomsticks clean up or whatever he needs to do with them obviously it's been used as a basis for the Sources of Apprentice live-action movie with Nicolas Cage, which we are very fond of. So if, if anything, we're thankful that this is in this was made so that we could get Sources of Apprentice with Nicolas Cage because we like that movie. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll talk about that movie at some stage on, on the podcast. Apparently, the sorcerer in that Sources of Apprentice segment was modelled on Walt Disney as well. And his name is actually Yan Sid, which is Disney backwards. So it was a nod to Disney and the animators did it on purpose. Even more than 80 years after its release, Disney still receives complaints from parents claiming that the night on Bald Mountain sequence terrified their children. I can't remember what that one was. I think it's, it's one of the last ones, but I... Yeah, kind of tuned out when that was happening. So this was another movie that children actually found scary at some stage. To be honest, I don't know how children could have sat through this because I barely could sat, sit through this. It's the first appearance of Mickey Mouse on a Disney animated film. So the people exist that say this is their favorite animated movie. Can you guess who it is? It's a director. A current director? Yeah. Current and past. He's not like, dead. He's been, yeah, he's, he's alive. He's been around for a while. Steven Spielberg. Yeah, it is. Steven Spielberg's favourite animated <laughs> motion picture of all time. Another thing on Steven Spielberg, when you aggregate all their box office returns from all these movies, he's by far the highest grossing director of all time, which is uh, interesting, like when you take into account inflation as well, because he made movies back in the 70s that made a ridiculous amount of money in 70s dollars. It's going to take a while before anyone surpasses him in terms of uh, box office revenue anyway. There is a sequel to this called Fantasia 2000 and that also, it's a similar concept. So it has a series of different short stories accompanied by orchestral music and the only segment that they reused from this was the Sources of Apprentice segment. Live action spin-offs. So we talk about Sources of Apprentice starring Nicolas Cage. There's also the Nutcracker and the Four Realms live action movie because there's a Nutcracker segment in this movie as well. And then apparently the Night on the Bald Mountain segment was reported to be in development as well at Walt Disney. All that being said, I don't really recommend this movie, so I'd put it in, probably put it in low mare, even trash. It's going in trash. Okay, one, one good thing, I'll say one good thing about the movie. The music is good, so you could probably just listen. If you like classical music, you could just listen to the music, but the music isn't unique to this movie. It's like... it's Yeah, well, that's like, yeah... yeah. It's music from other composers, so it's not it's not like it was made for this movie, so I can't give it credit. We'll probably chuck it in trash then. 
three movies in out of the five movies, and we've got Dumbo next. So Dumbo came out in 1941. It's a short movie, just over an hour. So budget-wise, it was significantly less than the previous films that we just talked about, and that's why it was able to make some money because it was a low-budget movie. So it was a budget of about 950k. We convert that to twenty twenty-one dollars. It's about seventeen million. And then box office-wise, it made one point three million. And when you convert that, it's about twenty-three million. This is interesting because when it came out, it was successful. But as the years have gone on, it's been less successful. Still on Rotten Tomatoes, it's a insanely high rating, so ninety-eight percent. And awards-wise, it did win one for best score on a musical picture. And when they initially put it out for distribution, they asked whether they could make the film longer because it was only 64 minutes in length. Disney said they can't add any more because they've already stretched it. And when you watch this, you understand that they have stretched it because there really isn't much of a story. Just like all the other films that we've talked about, it's been re-released many times. So almost every 10 years, it's had a re-release. And obviously a live action adaptation from Tim Burton as well recently. So despite the advent of World War II, Dumbo was still the most financially successful Disney film of the 1940s. Which was also trash, just like this movie, which is going to go into trash. (laughs) So after its October 23 release, Dumbo proved to be a financial miracle compared to other Disney films. The simple film only cost uh, $950,000 to produce, produce, uh, which was half the cost of Snow White and less than a third of the cost of Pinocchio and way less expensive than Fantasia as well. So that that was kind of why it was able to make money. Initially, Walt Disney was uninterested in making the movie. To get him interested, uh, some of the story writers wrote up the film in installments and then finally he got he got interested and he wanted to see what happened next. And this is actually Walt Disney's favourite film. But he says one of the other movies is also his favourite film, so I think he was lying on one of them. But he is quoted to say that this is his favourite film that he's made. I don't have too much else to say. This was uh, the first Walt Disney film to be set in America, and there's not many movies that Disney makes that are actually set in America. Apparently, when uh, Dumbo is seen standing on his own after his mother is taken away, swaying sadly from side to side, that's something that elephants actually do when they're emotionally distraught. So they did some research into what elephants do. But overall, this movie's uh, infamous for that one segment where Dumbo gets drunk and he, like, goes on an acid trip. Ah, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I do remember that. And isn't there, isn't there like, racist birds in this movie or something? I think there is. Yeah. This, I, I didn't watch this on Disney+, Plus, but it's probably going to have a very similar message at the beginning as what Fantasia did. Well, the other thing with Fantasia, which I didn't mention, is apparently had a revival in the 1960s when people loved watching that because it was like an acid trip. That's where it made a lot of the money in the, in the 60s. But overall, yeah, Dumbo is probably another one I wouldn't watch that often because there's not much to the story. Uh, animation's okay. It's too depressing. Yeah, I think I'd put it... It's probably still better than Fantasia. I'd watch it over Fantasia, but it it land... I think it still goes in trash. probably still land in uh, low, may, high trash, so probably trash. Yeah, I agree. All right, we're into the last one, Bambi. Don't remember watching this, so I watched it again, and I... St- yeah, I, I still I don't think I've actually ever watched this. So it came out in 1942. Uh, runtime is about 70 minutes. Budget is 858,000, which is about 14 million in today's numbers. And box office wise, it's made 267 million, 
when converted for inflation, it's about six hundred million. Rotten Tomatoes wise, it's the lowest out of all of these, ninety percent. Still high, but the lowest out of all of these. It didn't win any Academy Awards. I guess one thing about this movie is it is artistically very nice. The forest and the animals and all of that, you can see Disney's style in it. You see that style kind of many, many years later in, in Lion King with the animation of the animals. But again, it's a bit of a depressing movie. So It's too sad. <laughs> yeah, so... A lot of people have like PTSD from this movie because they get attached to Bambi and her mother and the, her mum. Yeah, uh, his mother actually. All these years, I thought Bambi was a girl. Bambi's a guy. I did as well. Bambi's a guy. Oh, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, no, he's very clearly a guy because he gets antlers later in the movie, so he's a guy. And they call him him as well, so he's a guy. Uh, Bambi's mother gets killed, gets shot actually, and she gets shot off screen. But, yeah, it's sad because you see, like, Bambi walking around. Would have been better if she got shot on screen. <laughs> I got a bit about that because, like, uh, they were the, – the animes were proposing that – because you don't actually see his dead mother. They were proposing that Bambi finds her in a pool of blood. <laughs> Obviously, they, like – they didn't do that. But that would have been super, super depressing and dark, even for an animated movie of, in this era. This is the other thing which I was mentioning earlier where it like flips between tones really quickly because you find out that his mother died and the very next scene, it's like this upbeat song about spring and like there's like birds flying around and like it's the very next scene and then you find out that it's there's been a time jump as well because Bambi's older now and he has antlers and stuff. And then the end of the film, there's a fire and half the forest gets burnt down so presumably some of the animals also die. Bambi obviously survives, but overall, there's there's actually no story to this movie. the the only <laughs> The only story, so at the start of the movie, Bambi is born. You kind of follow him around, and he like learns how to walk and stuff. Then his mom dies, and then he grows up, and then there's a fire, and they escape the fire, and that's the end of the movie. So there's yeah, there's literally no plot. Animation wise, it it is very nice, hand drawn, and looks very nice and they've obviously made some advances in animation and just considering it came out in 1942 it, it still holds up really well but apart from that it's got nothing going for it in terms of story so i can't recommend and it's a bit actually pretty depressing for like little kids to watch it's not an enjoyable movie to watch i feel sorry for the little kids in 1942 that had to watch this and be scarred for the rest of their lives they're going through world war Two anyway so they'll be scarred anyway <laughs> yes Yes, apparently the animation from Bambi has been reused in most of the other Disney films, such as Beauty and the Beast and Sword in the Stone and Jungle Book. So any movies that had sort of animals, they've sort of reused it. It's the last full-length animated film until Cinderella, so there there are going to be movies in this post-war era, but they're mostly like shorter movies. So this is like a full-length, feature-length uh, film and until Cinderella, there wasn't another one. Many movie watchers in the 1940s were not prepared to see the killing, see any killing in Disney movies at that time. And it's pretty, uh, this says it's pretty common nowadays, but the protagonist's relative, spouse, or parent killed in movies to make a deeper, sadder story is what Disney started doing after this. So, this was the first Disney movie to do it. Arguably, the most horrific death in a Disney movie is Mufasa most scarring one so this ranks up there but you don't actually see her die like you hear it but you don't actually see her die and first you actually see him like fall off a cliff and 
gets run over by wildebeest. Yeah, that's pretty brutal. This holds the record for the biggest release gap between a movie and its sequel. So it had a straight-to-DVD sequel in 2006. So it's 64 years between between movies. And one of the rejected ideas was to show the hunter killed by the very forest fire that he accidentally started. At the end, there's a there's a fire that kind of creeps up from the hunter's campgrounds and it like burns down the whole forest. They don't actually show the hunter either. And the reason they don't show him is because they didn't want they didn't want a negative connotation associated with hunters because back in those days, hunting was like a it's very common like a recreational thing. Bambi, I'd put above what what do we have in trash at the moment? Fantasia and Dumbo, right? I think it still belongs in trash <laughs> with those two. <laughs> okay, animation wise, it's better than Dumbo. Story That's wise, fair. even though it doesn't really have a story, it has more of a story than Fantasia. And probably, I mean, Dumbo sort of has story, but yeah, it still it still belongs in trash. It's probably I, I think I, yeah, I'd probably put it above those two, but it still belongs in trash. <laughs> yeah, agreed. I know some people like these are beloved films, and some people love them. Oh so. yeah, some people love it, but it depends if you have nostalgia towards it or not. <laughs> it's not based off the quality of the movie, I don't think. Yeah, because I watched Snow. I remember watching Snow White when I was a kid, so I, w- I did watch Snow White. And I think I did watch Pinocchio on VHS. Bambi, I just don't recall watching, so I don't think I've actually ever watched Bambi. And Fantasia, I think I've only watched the the Sorcerer's Apprentice segment. I don't remember watching the other stuff. Do you know there's a there's a part in Fantasia where there's dinosaurs, and there's a T Rex and a Stegosaurus fight, and this T Rex bites oh, bites off a Stegosaurus neck. <laughs> all the uh, all the acid trip stuff. I have no idea. I don't know. I have no idea what happens in that. Yeah, I, part. I didn't know that existed. But yeah, I was watching it yesterday, and there's like this whole segment with dinosaurs, and there's a T Rex, and the T Rex has a fight with Stegosaurus, and like he brutally, you don't see the blood, but he like basically bites the neck of <laughs> of a Stegosaurus that exists. But the I mean the classical music in that is good, but like I said, it's not unique to that film. So overall, we've got Snow White in OK, Pinocchio in Meh, and Bambi, Dumbo, and Fantasia in Trash. So that's where we're ending the golden age at. It's not so golden in in our eyes. Yeah, I'm happy with that rating. So other live action films coming up. So apparently there's a Snow White in development at Disney. There's obviously been multiple Snow White movies made. There's a Disney live action coming up in the direction of Mark Webb of Amazing Spider-Man fame. His better movie is 500 Days of Summer, so that's probably what he's better known for. And then there's a Pinocchio movie coming straight to Disney+, Plus, directed by Robert Zemeckis. Dumbo, obviously, we've already had that, Tim Burton's version of Dumbo, and then Bambi is in development. So all of these are going to be made at some stage, except Fantasia, which they're not looking to make, which is good. They're never going to do anything (laughs) with that. Yeah, Which is good. We don't need another one. And we've already got Sources Apprentice, so we don't need we don't need it. Just make a Sources Apprentice two instead. Yeah, <laughs> they they had the the they had a post credit scene which was still left us hanging. We're still waiting for that. Yeah, still waiting for the sequel for that one. So overall, obviously, you're not over, overly fond of this era of Disney's filmmaking. No, maybe because you when you were younger, like I watched this before you were. I watched some of these before you were born. So I watched this when I was younger. And once you were born, you mostly watch what I watch. And I wasn't watching these by that stage. I was probably watching like 
Dragon Ball Z and Pokemon and stuff. So that's probably what you have nostalgia on, not not these movies. Yeah, that's fair. Although I think you would have watched like Lion, the '90s stuff. So like Lion King, Aladdin, those movies would have been more your Disney nostalgia, and I guess they're my Disney nostalgia as well. Yeah, this is uh, the golden age of Disney filmmaking. So we got through the first stage of this. We've got a couple more rocky eras to go get through before we get to the ones that we probably like. So the next one is the post, uh, the wartime era. So I haven't seen any of these movies. So there's Saludos Amigos, The Three Caballeros, Make Mine Music, Fun and Fancy Free, Melody Time, The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad. They don't sound great. No, they don't even ring a bell. Yeah. <laughs> So those are the wartime movies. And then the Silver Age is probably once they started picking up again in terms of the classics that we've heard of. So Cinderella, Alice in Wonderland, Peter Pan, Lady and the Tramp, Sleeping Beauty, 101 Dalmatians, Sword and the Stone, and Jungle Book. So those are slightly more modern films that we've seen. Still in the 50s, but yeah, slightly more modern. Do you know that 101 Dalmatians, when you adjust it for inflation, it's like in the top five movies ever, 101 Dalmatians? <laughs> That's way too high. I didn't know people loved that movie so much. I think it did exceedingly well when it came out. So it came out like late 50s, early 60s, I think, and it did really, really well. That's another one that they're remaking. Yeah, but they're doing like a spin-off of that, right? Cruella. Oh, it's like a prequel. Yeah, It's like a Maleficent thing. That they're doing. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And then the Bronze Age is one we haven't really. I haven't watched all the movies in this either. So there's Aristocats, which I think we watched once. Robin Hood, Winnie the Pooh, Rescuers, The Black Cauldron, The Great Mouse Detective. So these are like lesser known films. And this is when Disney wasn't doing that well either. And then uh, Disney Renaissance is when we get into the 90s stuff. So that's when they. That's like their comeback. That's a big comeback. With uh, Aladdin, Beauty and the Beast, Lion King, Little Mermaid. So, yeah, we'll talk about those in a future episode when the next Disney film comes out, which is Encanto later this year. Which era of Disney is your most favorite? Like the latest one, I guess? Definitely not this era. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. are, are you thinking like the post-Tangled era, like the last 10 years? I don't know. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll have to get into it and then we can decide which era is the best as well. This yeah. era ranks pretty low at the moment. but Yes, yes. Oh, I think the next one's going to trump this one. A, in terms the of- next one's going to, yeah. yeah. Next one doesn't sound <laughs> that promising, unfortunately. Yeah, and maybe the, the 80s one, the Bronze Age, doesn't look as good either. So we'll have to, uh, we'll have to see how it goes. And you're going to have to watch some of these at some stage. <laughs> oh, I'm not looking forward to that <laughs> wartime stuff. Maybe I'll just let you watch those. <laughs> All right, cool, cool. So I guess that brings us to the end of this one. Tell I know these are we've trashed these a bit, but and I know these are beloved films and they're like technological revolutions. I understand that, but I guess from our viewpoint, it's not something that we'd revisit over and over again. But yeah, do let us know your thoughts. So if if people want to get in touch with us, how do they go about it? So they can uh, contact us on Cognitive Recalibration on all, po- uh, all uh, platforms or email us at cognitiverecalibrationpodcast at gmail.com. And if you want to support the podcast, you can give us a positive review on 
iTunes or Spotify, and that makes us more discoverable on search engines. Uh, you can further support the podcast via using our Amazon affiliate links, which I'll link each of these movies down below. And also you can give us a one-off donation on Buy Me A Coffee, which we'll use to further develop the podcast. You were not looking forward to this episode. You were very reluctant to record it, but we've done it. It's over. It's, it's over. I mean, I, I, I like doing these sort of episodes because we could talk about the history and like what went into making these films. And, you know, when you adjust the, the numbers that, you know, box office and budget and stuff, you get some interesting insights. So I, sometimes it's good to go back and do these co- sorts of episodes. I know you don't, you, you weren't really looking forward to it, but I think some, some of our listeners might appreciate it. I'm just glad it's over and I don't need to do it again. <laughs> Okay. And I'm not looking forward to those wartime ones when they come across. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And the other thing is, so when Ryan the Last Dragon does come out, so it's a hybrid release coming out on Disney Plus and the cinemas. Hopefully, we can watch it in the cinemas by then. I'm going to give you an option now, and you're going to have to commit to it. So you can either watch Ryan the Last Dragon or you can watch Chaos Walking, which are both coming out on the same day. Oh, okay. Ryan the Last Dragon actually looks all right. But and I don't know. I I I wouldn't mind watching Ray. It looks okay. It looks good. <laughs> it looks probably better than Chaos Walking does. It probably does. So I guess we'll both watch Ray and the Last Dragon. And if you guys want us to watch Chaos Walking and talk about it, I guess we could do that. I just don't think it'll be good. That's all. Yeah. 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 We'll see how it how the reviews look at them. Maybe if it's really bad we'll watch it yeah, yeah i don't think it'll be really good it's either gonna be really bad or just okay so thanks thanks everyone for joining us we've got uh i guess the next episode which will come out will be something else and then we'll have rail and last train i think there's there's a week in between so or i could be wrong it could be the next week but anyway you'll find out so thanks thanks everyone for listening hope you're staying safe and we'll see you guys next time catch you guys in the next one Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart, a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.